Well, you know what they say about the best laid plans, right? Or the road to hell, one or the other. But we knew, we knew how we were starting this episode of the OHL podcast. And then, damn it, the Saginaw spirit jumped in there and said, we're changing direction. So the congratulatory messages for OHLers who just won a Stanley Cup can wait because, Dan Mahar, Jake Grimes is coming back to the Ontario Hockey League. That was, you know, second, I just couldn't lay low and let someone else have the limelight for uh, for a week. So they had to make a move right before uh, recording. No, but that's a, that's a great move. And uh, welcome, Jake, to Saginaw. What a great move before the Memorial Cup year. Well, and that's the thing, right? So most recently, 2019, in his home province of Nova Scotia, just for what it's worth, the Dartmouth native uh, had gone to Halifax with the Guelph Storm, who won the OHL title. And then while the Belleville Bulls did not win the OHL title, they were a representative in 2008 in the Memorial Cup hosted in Kitchener. Now, I won't point out that on both occasions, as one of the members behind the bench for Belleville and Guelph, the teams were unsuccessful at capturing the championship, but we know Grimes with all of that experience and it goes beyond just the memorial cups he's got a quarter century of coaching experience they plucked him out of u sports where he was with the university of waterloo warriors and he will be in a third memorial cup as saginaw will play host to the tournament next year yeah what's they what's that they say third time's a charm so i think <laughs> experience sometimes you need to gain it before you win and uh he's well positioned i would say yeah, so that news just coming down as we get this episode underway. And we had intended to recognize, of course, the OHLers who hoisted the Stanley Cup with the Las Vegas Golden Knights. It's not lost on me. I'll just throw this in as a bit of a curveball because as guys that coached in Kitchener and I got to know really well during their time here, Pete DeBoer and Steve Spot, is this as close as they've come without actually being there we know that DeBoer had the chance with uh, Jersey when they went yeah. six games that was against LA if I'm not mistaken uh, but just having been dismissed from the Golden Knights and now Bruce Cassidy goes and wins it with Las Vegas but DeBoer and Spot with a good team in Dallas couldn't get there this year yeah it's gotta be a bit of a tough pill to swallow watching the team that just dismissed you win the next year you start to feel like maybe you're holding them back but obviously it's not the case with uh, Pete DeBoer and Steve Spot who've had Plenty of almost success, if you will, in the, in the National Hockey League. A, a few conference finals and a couple uh, league uh, Stanley Cup final series. So they're building that same experience Jake Grimes did. So maybe they'll get over the hump soon. You got to think it's a matter of time, don't you? I mean, gosh, I mean, I, I make it sound easy when I say that. but And maybe I'm just showing my bias. But I got to think these guys, it's just around the corner for them. And that's a good group in Dallas right now. Yeah, well, I mean, if anyone's questioning the abilities of Peter DeBoer, I mean, how many coaches have, with three different teams, gotten that far in the playoffs? So that speaks to the quality of him as a coach. And I think, and not necessarily the best teams on paper, no offense to those New Jersey Devils, he got to the cup finals, <laughs> but he he's quite capable. And I think you're right. It's only a matter of time. So on the ice uh, with Vegas, and Nick Hag, Kitchener kid, got to shout him out because that's where this podcast originates. Uh, Michael Amadio, uh, Amadio, pardon me, and then Alex Petrangelo. Uh, Amadio is interesting. He becomes only the second member of the Battalion franchise in the OHL to capture a Stanley Cup. Barclay Goodrow is the only other one to have done so. And as I mentioned, Hag and Kitchener, what a run it's been for Kitchener athletes with Jamal Murray, the NBA champion, Dane Smith, 
uh, Chris Cloutier winning a National Lacrosse League championship with the Buffalo Bandits. The general manager of that team is also from Kitchener, Steve Chugger Dietrich. So nice little time in the limelight for our hometown. And then Petrangelo, who we always knew it was only a matter of time, the way he came out of the Ontario Hockey League. His uh, script was written, shall we say. Well, yeah, and for Petrangelo, obviously, uh, you know, his success in St. Louis followed by this. It was speaking, uh, putting a nice uh, feather in the cap of towards the end of his career. Not that he's done yet, but uh, late in, later in his career, getting the accolades. And But yeah, for for good shout out to the city of Kitchener, I, I was thinking about this the other day. Not totally out of character that two uh, lacrosse players might win a championship coming from this neck of the woods. And not even that out of character for a, a hockey player to it, but it, how many times in history have an NBA titleist and a Stanley cup champion the same year been from the same city? Um, it's a good trivia question to do some research on. I haven't done it yet, but I'm guessing that's pretty rare. I would agree with you and I would be hard pressed to figure out the answer to it, but you're right. This certainly puts the city that we call home in rather elite company. And we shouldn't leave off the list. Paul Cotter, the former uh, London Knight who, was not on the playoff roster, but was part of the team, was on the roster overall. Hag, I think, was the only one that played all 22 playoff games for the Golden Knights, if I'm not mistaken. So Hag, a graduate of Mississauga. Amadio, we already mentioned, from the Battalion franchise. And Petrangelo, of course, played with Niagara in the Ontario Hockey League. So those guys there, we should mention too. I mean, we could go on a pretty lengthy list when you start picking out scouts and everything else. But worth noting, Bruce Cassidy a year earlier having been dismissed uh, by the Boston Bruins because apparently he was too hard on the guys or too tough a coach. And he turns around and takes Vegas all the way to the promised land. He played for the Ottawa 67s and of course, once coached the Kingston Frontenacs and we should not forget former Oshawa generals defenseman, John Stevens in all of this, uh, his third Stanley cup as an assistant coach, having won twice with Los Angeles. So that's not a bad record either for Johnny. Oh, well, I'm really glad you mentioned the coaching staff, Mike, because very strong OHL ties there, obviously uh, Bruce Casty, a very successful OHL or in case those uh, too young to remember, but uh, an interesting connection you make there that I think is worth mentioning, which is the Nick Hag connection. And Nick Hag has always been a promising player, had a, a good OHL career, uh, fairly highly drafted into the National Hockey League, had kind of been a fringe defender up until this season. But the inroads he made under Bruce Cassidy and John Stevens were remarkable this year. I think he transformed from a bottom of the defense core player to to a guy you could put on the ice in pretty much any situation. Um, scored a big goal in the, in the winning game as well. So I just saw a massive leap forward this year. And you got to give some of that credit to the former OHLers on the bench. I was sitting there like waiting. I was already preparing my post game tweet for that Stanley cup final that Nick Hag of Kitchener had the game winning goal because it was until the third period. And wouldn't, you know, the guy that spoiled that because Hag had scored the second goal. And I think Vegas got as high as seven, one before it finished nine, three, whatever it was. But then Sam Reinhart goes and scores for the, uh, for the Florida Panthers and, and Sam Reinhart, if you want to just tie this all back into OHL trivia is the son of Paul, who's a former Kitchener Ranger and a standout at that. So the OHL bloodlines continues and it was the Reinhardt family with Paul, the patriarch having played in Kitchener, stealing the game winning goal from a Kitchener kid in the Stanley cup final. So there you go. I think we've come full circle on this. Yeah. The OHL connections run deep and everywhere you look, there's another one. And yeah, Paul Reinhardt's probably far back for a lot of locals to remember, but like you said, a stellar OHL, like 
we're talking elite. So the bloodlines run run thick there. I wonder if I can just add one more little sidebar to all of this. And that is one of the other things that I find so enjoyable about covering this game and really even following the game at the major junior level. I was just having a chat over the weekend uh, with a fan who's originally from the region of Waterloo, now up in Muskoka area, moving to Barrie, about to become a Colts fan, he was telling me, but have has just kind of returned to the junior game. Started watching more this past season, coming down, traveling a little bit to go to a Colts game from where he's living in Muskoka. But the point is, talking about how much he enjoyed it. And for me, watching guys that I watched come through this league go on to do things in pro hockey, wherever that happens to be, is is a massive thrill. And you almost become a fan more of the player than you do of a certain team. As much as I'm a dyed-in-the-wool Leafs fan, I know, make fun of me all you want. Uh, I love watching these guys go on and do things in the pros after watching them for four years in the Ontario Hockey League. Oh, for sure. And I think if you're really close to the game, Mike, like you are, and like a lot of us are, what really stands out is just how hard it is to get to the NHL and to stick. And you talk about these players as though they're busts when they, you know, they only had an NHL career or they went and played in Europe. They never quite made it. They never, well, those are phenomenal leagues. And for, to be able to play pro and make money playing hockey is incredible in its own right. But for these guys to actually get to the pinnacle stick in the NHL is quite something. It's no, it's no small feat. And you see all the people like Nick Hag's parents with them on the ice in Vegas. And you see this, uh, and how emotional they are. And over time, you see enough of these things, they just kind of pass you by without realizing. But it really means something to those people. That's an awful lot of hours, an awful lot of work, an awful lot of skill, consistency, hard work that gets you there and keeps you there. So uh, you just got to give full kudos to anyone that that makes it and sticks and then wins the ultimate prize like they've just done. I couldn't even imagine what it's like, but I'm certainly happy for all of those players, coaches, and all of the OHL ties who won a Memorial Cup with the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Okay, let's move on. Speaking of how we like to watch players as they graduate through the major junior leagues into the pros, the NHL draft is, what, a week and a bit away now? Uh, Next Friday, uh, it'll start. So next week's episode will focus almost exclusively on the players that, you know, the, the draft and the highly touted prospects, et cetera. But since we've been doing a prospect of the week all season long on this podcast, we promised you last week and we will deliver on that promise today to give you our top three prospects or maybe just our three favorites. I don't know. One for me, if you've been listening, it's just I'm fanboying all over this guy, have been all year. He'll come up in my three. But let's talk about those three prospects and Dansky will start with you on the first one you want to bring to the table. These are guys that we've enjoyed watching this season that we are likely to hear called in the NHL draft in about 10 days time. Sure. And Mike, I, I, I know I wasn't going to take your guy on you because I know I, I was sure you're going to have him, but, and I'll just do a little preface on mine and saying, I didn't just take the best three prospects most likely to have a star role in the nhl because that's easy you can go down the prospect rankings and say you know it's these three guys they're the the three ohlers ranked to go in the top 25 i didn't do that i took what i consider to be my three favorite prospects in terms of almost under the radar but guys that an nhl team i feel is going to get a steal by taking these guys guys that just impressed me all year so they're a little slightly down the radar but my first guy mike with that just before you do that sorry i'm glad you said that because i was thinking of texting you like in the at the 11th hour 
because when I was going over this too, I thought, you know what? I'm going to call mine beyond Barlow and Richie. I just, because everybody knows they're going to go in the first round, right? Yes. Colby Barlow, Callum Richie, see in the first round. So also going a little <laughs> bit below the radar. And look at that. Without even texting you, we're on the same page. Okay, sorry for the interruption. <laughs> no, no, all good. I'm glad I'm glad you said that because I was thinking the exact, exact same thing. We could just both come back, Barlow, Richie, we're good. No, so right. I didn't want to do that. Um, but these are three favorites of mine who I think the NHL teams are going to get a steal. So I'm going to give you my first one first, which is hopefully you're not, not a guy you have, but top of my heap is Denver Barkey. I think a phenomenal all-around player, energy level, skill, I can't emphasize enough how much he did for the London Knights this year as a 17-year-old, which was crazy uh, in a league that's geared towards 18 and 19-year-olds, but just consistency of effort. And that's the one thing that keeps you in pro hockey is that you can deliver for your coach night in, night out. They can rely on you. They're not worried about the down games or the duds. And to me, Denver Barkey was a guy that anytime the London Knights look flat, they put out Barkey and he made something happen. So I, I know where the draft rankings say, you know, he's like second, third round. I'm not going to be shocked at all if he creeps right near the top of that first early second. I just think a lot of scouts are going to love him and the motor he brings. So that's my first guy. Who you got? I had a feeling you might go in the Forest City's direction here. So I deliberately steered clear. The first guy I'm going to bring forward is probably not a lot of a shock, especially when you go by the Richies and the Barlows. There's another top end forward in this draft and and there's a little bit of a knock against him because maybe his skating isn't the best but i'm still going to acknowledge quentin musty here 78 points on the season in just 53 games and you may want to pick on his skating a little bit but he's got size he's six two around 210 already so no matter how well or poorly he's skating He's going to be hard to knock off the puck, and you can also improve that skating. Not to mention, I would say he's already got an NHL-ready shot, and I don't think I'm telling tales out of school when I say that. So maybe a little bit overlooked up there in Sudbury, who I'm sure worth hoping. Remember how they finished the regular season? Kind of hot, at least warm, coming into the playoffs. They had that buzzsaw in Peterborough in round number one. But I think Quentin Musty is a guy, probably second round. I, I don't think first so you're not going to have to wait long to hear his name, but somebody I wanted to recognize is one of my favorite prospects of the season. Oh, great call. And I, I have it on relatively decent authority that I know there are some NHL teams that are very high in him and probably have him in that 15 to 20 range. It's just a question of who else on their list is still available that could drop them. But, but great call. He's a, he's a player that could go higher than we think. Um, so, yeah. So along the same themes, Mike, of, of, forwards I loved all year that might be slightly lower on the radar my second guy that I just love I think an NHL team is going to be thrilled to get him uh, is Angus McDonnell on the Mississauga Steelheads similar reasoning actually to why I picked Denver Barkey and that just every game every shift uh, buzzsaw out there and this guy can do it all and I thought you know you, you watched him play for Canada at the U18s and here's a kid that wasn't one of the premier profile players on that team yet found himself moving around that lineup because the coaches quickly realized with a player like that, you can put him with anyone against anyone. He's going to take charge. He's going to make an impact. He's not going to be intimidated regardless who he's playing with or against. And I think that Angus McDonnell is the type of, again, NHL motor, NHL energy, NHL pace that is going to make a team very happy they selected him probably a little bit lower in the draft than he should have gone. So that's my, my second guy. 
loved McDonnell's season. Excellent choice by you. I am going to completely show off my blue, red, and white bias here, as if I haven't already by pumping the tires of Pete DeBoer and Steve Spot. But I figured it was fair to bring this to the table because if I'm going to offer any meaningful, like really meaningful analysis, it's going to be for a guy that I got to watch for 68 games in a season. No disrespect to Quentin Musty, but I got to see him a couple of times live and then other times on Memorex, as the kids would say. So, no, not the kids, the grandparents would say. Anyway, I am going to highlight Hunter Brustevich as one of my top prospects of the season. And here's why. Comes into the Ontario Hockey League really highly touted. Remember, the Kitchener Rangers went out and spent quite a bit to secure his rights from Barry, highly regarded prospect, and essentially walked into the league and, and made it look a little bit easy. He went on a tear early on, piling up the assists. The goals weren't there, but as a defenseman, you're not going to care about that. Quarterbacking your power play finishes, again, it's his rookie season in the Ontario Hockey League, 57 points over those 68 games. But the things, two things that really stood out to me, the guy's skating is as smooth as it gets. And then decision-making. The number of times I watched Hunter Brustevich in maybe a, a little bit of duress, turn away from the danger, make the smart play, not get caught up and, and make a terrible turnover. I think that kind of IQ should be and will likely be rewarded. I don't think it's going to take too, too long to hear Hunter Brustevich's name in the NHL draft, but I wanted to highlight him maybe in his own end. The defensive side of things could improve, but for the reasons I mentioned, the skating, the decision-making, and the points that were there as he quarterback to power play, uh, Hunter Brustevich is a guy that I wanted to highlight as one of my prospects, my favorite prospects from this past year. Before we get your third and final Dan and I think we already know who my third and final is and before we have fun with artificial intelligence because lord knows there's no real intelligence on this podcast uh do you think we can we you think we can hang on for just half a moment and then come back with our tops sure okay if as long as Dan says it's okay he's got his favorite prospect of the year you already know who mine is and are you are you kidding me the the lift lock answers is that anyway we'll get to all of that still to come on this episode of the ohl podcast okay dan that's enough of an interruption who you got as your favorite from this past season um, first, I just have to give you quick props on your second guy, Hunter Brustevich. I love his game. Love his escapism on the defense. He plays a pro game the way he can pivot either side and just lose the four checker. And we'll talk about this more probably in the next pod is when we talk a lot about the draft. But the draft combine just happened. And I don't know if you looked at the combine results, but Hunter Brustevich was top 10 in about three different categories, especially around agility. So I think scouts took note. I wouldn't be shocked to see Hunter Brustevich's name called a little earlier than we may have thought. Um, so wait a minute. Are you now, you're already telling me that Musty's going to go higher than second round. And now you're indicating that Brustevich maybe is going to get up be higher than, I, I didn't pay attention to the combine. Shame on me. So yeah. thanks for pointing that out. 
I just know that the combine results actually are taken quite seriously by a number of GMs around the league. And I know that when you start seeing your name show up in multiple categories, that usually gets you a bump at the draft. That's so that's all I'll commit to saying at this point. But uh, I won't be shocked if if anyone that watched Hunter play this year is 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 fairly high on him. So the, the scouts could have just skipped the combine and listened to this podcast for all they needed to know about Hunter Brustevich. We just gave it to them. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, just just follow this. It's your one stop. So <laughs> all right, who's your top? All right, so my uh, I wanted to get a defenseman in there. Uh, you took Hunter, so I'm going to go with a guy that's a little bit under the radar, but I think pro, pro, pro written all over him. We saw Vegas win with an average size of 6'3 and 212, I believe it was, on the back end. My guy is Andrew Gibson of the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. I think flew a little under the radar this year on a lower-scoring team that was down in the standings. What I love from him is, again, at the U18s, not to base too much on a tournament, but you saw a defense core that did not acquit itself very well. Andrew Gibson did. He started to earn the trust of the coaches and be put in some, some key situations. I thought, I think a lot of people who weren't familiar with the OHL and very not unfamiliar with the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds this year started to come out of the woodwork and say, who's this Gibson kid? This Gibson kid's pretty good. So I think when you watch that player play, you see he plays a, a simple efficient game to the point he, he obviously as a 17 year old defender he had some blips on the radar this year uh, a couple injuries as well but i think the pro tools are there and i think that you'll see the type of defense cores these teams know they need to build to win in the nhl we just referenced nick hag winning a stanley cup similar type game that you'll see from andrew gibson so he's my final one mike who's yours that is an excellent choice. And you know, I've got a lot of time for the way they do things up in the Sioux and the development curve that we're going to get a chance to watch now uh, with the Greyhounds in the Western Conference that we see more of, obviously. Excellent. So you go Barky, McDonnell, and Andrew Gibson for your three. I've gone musty, not a huge reach there. I wanted to highlight Hunter Brustevich, Done. Do you want to just name the last one for me, Dan? Because I know that you know who I want. I'm, it, listen, and I liked him even before he was traded. I want to say that. I was there first, okay? I'm just, I'm just going to ask, Ari, I, I don't want to spoil your surprise for you, but are his initials the sim- similar to the postal code of Newfoundland? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, they are. Absolutely true. I am the president of the Nick Lardis fan club, and I wanted to recognize him as my favorite slash top prospect of this season. Look, as I said, I had even picked up a little bit on his game in Peterborough, but it was really once he got traded to Hamilton that he blossomed. And it, I, I'm not telling tales out of school here either. Opportunity, and he met that opportunity with results. 46 points in just 33 games with the Bulldogs, and then adds 10 more in the playoffs, and for good measure, four more goals scored at the under-18 worlds i don't know what more you can say about this kid again make taking advantage of the opportunity so is he going to be able to adapt as he comes up through the pros and he might start as a third line who knows when he gets there the biggest thing for him right now is he might be a little bit undersized but you can add size so a guy that that shows that he's ready to seize opportunity when it's presented to him and can put up points like he did with a not so great team in Hamilton. Let's not forget. Uh, Nick Lardis has got to be for me, the guy that I most enjoyed as a prospect watching through this season. Yeah. What a trade for the Hamilton Bulldogs and, and abs like another guy that you can put him in various roles. He was the trigger man on the power play at times. And just, just to harken back on the stat you just gave there, 
I don't know if people can appreciate how crazy 48 points in 33 games is for a 17 year old player. Like that's, that's phenomenal. And that usually projects well to the pro game. If you can produce like that, because it means you can produce in a variety of ways with a variety of players. So great, great choice, Mike. I knew I had to leave him for you. Otherwise he would have been on my list. So I appreciate that. And I hope the Nick Lardis fan club grows by at least one or two more people as we approach the draft. Uh, like we said, next week's episode and the week after that following the draft, we will focus almost exclusively on the players who will be picked and the players who then were picked before we take a little bit of a summer break and all go enjoy deck time and cold beer time and cottage time and all the other things we do here in this part of the world. Uh, before we go though, since we are at this point of the season, I saw somebody post this on Twitter and it's worth just a little bit of fun. They asked AI to create for them new team names for the teams in the Ontario Hockey League. Clearly, the AI algorithm has a fondness for geography and or geographical features, but let's run them down and see what you think. Just in case you missed it on Twitter, we'll bring it to the podcast. The Barry Colts, Dan Mahar, could otherwise be known as the Georgia Stallions. You know, I, I'm no AI expert, but I'm going to give that one a, a slight miss. I just, yeah. hundred percent with you on that. That's terrible. Yeah, AI. We need better AI. If that's, if that's the best AI can do, forget about it. Okay. Yeah. How about the Erie Otters or the Lake Erie Guardians? You know, it's better. It's getting closer to the ballpark. It's got some geographical references, but it seems like they just cheaply ripped off the uh, Cleveland Guardians. So I'm going to give that one a, a, a mid, a mid mark. I didn't even think of that, but I thought much. You remember when the Anaheim Ducks joined the Ontario or the, the National Hockey League and it was the Mighty Ducks because they were riffing off the. So, Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, maybe get the kids there. So, I'm with ah. you. It's, it's mid. It's mid. Yeah. Okay. The Flint Firebirds become the Michigan Blaze. I like how they're trying to increase the reach by taking the whole state as opposed to just Flint. Um, sorry, what was the team name? Uh, the Firebirds become the Michigan Blaze. The blaze. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that one? I'm just going to say, given the state of wildfires in this country, I'm not saying anything around blaze. Forget it. Yep. It's a big, big no to me. Yep. <laughs> yep. We'll need the, the smoke. <laughs> the Guelph storm become the Royal city tempest. Hmm. Tempest doesn't seem as potent to me as storm. I, I think they just downgraded them. I agree, which is why I'm giving this a resounding yes, because the Guelph Storm are the Highway 7 rivals of the Kitchener Rangers. Go be Tempests. They're made for teapots, Guelph. Really tough name on you there. Good job. Uh, okay. The Hamilton Bulldogs, the Steel City Hounds. Too close to the Greyhounds. Got to give it a no. Yeah, you got to. But you know what? Why are you even naming it? Hamilton's not going to exist after this year. What? It's true. They should have gone Brantford. Uh, the Kingston Frontenacs, the Limestone Warriors. I don't know. I get the I get the Limestone reference from the Canadian Shield beginning around there. I'm just I'm just not sure that one connects to the to the city well enough for me. I don't know. See, I like the limestone piece. That to me, but it's almost maybe too inside geography there. But I like the limestone yeah. piece. Warriors doesn't thrill me, but that one I'm getting like maybe even a little above mid for that one. Yeah, okay, fair. Kitchener yeah. Rangers, Grand River Raiders. All right. Well, the Grand River, I like the uh, 
the natural geography reference there. I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. The Raiders just seems kind of throwaway. The problem is threefold. Okay. Actually only twofold because Grand River solves one of the problems. First of all, there's a Grand River Collegiate in Kitchener and the team nickname is the Renegades. So that's going to be confusing. There's also Kitchener Collegiate Institute, KCI, team nickname Raiders. So you're mixing metaphors there. But here's the problem this solves. As a guy that admittedly spends way too much time invested in local politics, because I also host a talk show in Kitchener, but people sometimes complain to me that the team is named the Kitchener Rangers when they draw from the entire region of Waterloo, which includes Cambridge, Waterloo, all these other places. So Grand River would solve that, but I'm giving it a thumbs down. Yeah. London Knights, Forest City Cavaliers. Well, their attitude's pretty cavalier, so I'm going to give that one a thumbs up. Oh, I like it. I can't top that. I can't top that at all. It's going to stay. The Mississauga Steelheads become the Credit Valley Trouts. Hmm. See, I'm not a, I'm not a fisher or angler, Mike, so I don't know whether a steelhead or a trout's more... Uh, to me, a steelhead seems like a more mighty name than the trout, so it also seems like a storm-like downgrade. Yeah, I would agree with that, and I'll never forget being at a Blue Jays game when Anaheim was in town with Mike Trout. And one of the best chirps I heard from the, from a baseball stadium in a long time was this guy nearby yelling here, fishy, 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 fishy all game long at Mike Trout. That's commitment. And that's what I think of when I see Trouts, uh, the Niagara ice dogs, Falls city frost. Falls city frost. Well, I'm going to give that one a thumbs up, Mike, just because it's a frosty reception to give to everyone they trade for. Agreed wholeheartedly and the frosty reception that the fans are going to give to the team this year, I would assume. But overall, I think that's pretty terrible. The North Bay Battalion, the Gateway Warriors. Well, you're getting somewhere here, if you ask me. I like it. It's the gateway to the Northern Ontario, right? I like right. that reference. Warriors, I mean, relatively generic, but similar to Battalion. So you're not straying far there. Oh, you that one okay. Yeah. The, the Oshawa Generals become the Durham Patriots, according to AI. Sure. I don't know if you can be patriotic to a region, but sure. What do you and mean? If you're going to be patriotic to a region, why are you being patriotic to Durham region? <laughs> Very good question. Sorry. Sorry, Durham region. <laughs> I love you. But here's the thing. It's the Oshawa Generals. You don't mess with that. You just don't mess with it. Sorry. No. Ottawa 67s, Capital City Sentinels. That's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give that one a pass as well. I will also give that a pass just because of Sentinel. I like that. Yeah. And the hell is a 67 anyway? Yeah, it's yeah. better. It's an improvement. The Owen Sound attack become the Georgian Bay Raiders. See, I kind of like these natural geography references. So the Georgian Bay, the Raiders, they're mailing it in though. Like that's a that's a total mail-in. It's like AI went halfway and then to sell me and then just kind of lost me on the Raiders again. I'm with you on that. But I like the Georgian Bay piece uh, yeah. for sure. Uh, Peterborough Pete's lift lock Lancers. I'm going to tell you right now, this is... Like, I've got a one and one A on this list, and we haven't gotten to the other one yet. Liftlock Lancers, I love the alliteration. Don Cameron used to refer to it as the Liftlock City. This is pretty good. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I mean, Lance has a, a Lancer has a real visual to it, too, and it's not just your token mail in Raider. So I'm going to, yeah, I'll give that one a, a thumbs up. All right, Saginaw Spirit, I think we know where this is going. Great Lakes Guardians. There we are with the Guardians again. You can only have one. How many Guardians do you need in the league? The AI is mailing it in. I, you know, we're not, we're only halfway down this list, or two thirds way down this list. We've had to mail it in like five times. Absolutely, Sarnia Sting, 
blue water stingers. What do you like? Just call them the Sarnia stingers then. Yeah, that that that's that's lazy. We're getting really lazy here. AI fail. Uh, yeah. I'm going to skip the other one I actually like and go to Sudbury. Nickel City Wolves. Again, like some people might even call them that. I don't know, but. So really AI is just taking uh, nicknames for the uh, jug rather than the actual city name. So I'm seeing a theme here, but uh, but sure, at least they kept the wolves. The mangy thing and the raptors can stay. That's right. And Windsor Spitfires, Border City Falcons. I don't know why they come up with Falcons for Windsor. Oh, wait, because of the military connection, I'm guessing. Maybe, but you know, I'm still going to give that a major fail because I love the Spitfire aircraft and the imagery of theirs. So that one cannot change. All right. Last one. And I skipped it on purpose because I don't hate this one, even though no offense to the Sioux, because, you know, I love it there. I already mentioned that on this episode. Algoma Huskies. Oh, you're getting somewhere. Yes. See, I thought it was going to go with a, a, a superior theme being up there. But uh, Algoma is an interesting twist. Huskies. Huskies sure. not bad. Huskies a nice, friendly, useful dog. Sure. All, All right. right. We'll give that one. A, we'll give that one a go as well. If we if we keep this up too much longer, people are going to be begging for the AI version of this podcast. So thank God there's only 20 teams. We went through them all. It's fun with AI. You can see it on my Twitter at Farwell underscore OHL. Dan on Twitter is at Dan Mahar. Please remember, send us an email anytime you want some prospects that you want to highlight as we head into the NHL draft next week. We are all ears. OHL podcast at Rogers.com. Give us a like, subscribe, tell a friend. And thanks very much for listening to the OHL podcast. Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.